0: Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm very well. Thank you very much for the uh, invitation. It's, it's good to be on the line with you.
0: No, thank you for joining. Um, so Ant is away at the moment. He's usually co-hosting. Uh, he's off skiing. Jummy. Bless him. I know. Good man. Good man. <laughs> so um, yeah, we're going to be talking about your uh, professional HMOs. Um, Absolutely. Um, but first, why don't you say a little bit about yourself who are you what do you do um and how you got started
1: sure so my so i'm paul lanthea so my first chosen career was to attempt to be the guitarist in metallica but um sadly
0: how does that go down (laughs)
1: yeah well but for my complete absence of any talent it would have been a very very successful career so (laughs) so so that didn't work out um they they already had their own their own guitarist so i had to look at something else Mm -hmm. and um the i I happened to choose law so i i was a, a lawyer a lawyer for 10 years i did commercial litigation in leeds and in london and various jurisdictions around the world i had a fantastic time um my daughter was born Had one of those epiphany moments, those waking up moments and um, left legal practice to run a course that trained barristers from all around the world. Uh, and my my subject was civil litigation, so the art of suing people or defending people being sued. Uh, not a pop- popular subject if you're on the end, receiving end of it. But um, <laughs> no, I can yeah. imagine
0: that you made uh, quite a few uh, friends. <laughs> yeah,
1: <well, I>, happily, <laughs> I do have some really really good friends around the world. So if I'm ever in trouble, I know exactly who to call upon. And um, um, and then really, that's where the property started. So the, the we have a, a brand called Property Angels. We're based in Leeds. We do boutique property, busy professionals, and the the brains of the operation is, in fact, Liz Lanthier, who is my my wife and my business partner. She began doing HMOs, house shares, back in 2000 before the crash, and she did it, uh, you know, effectively as a single woman on her own in Leeds from a standing start. She had one deposit, and from that, she created um, the sort of first portfolio, if you like. Um, the crash came and she decided, you know what? You know, I don't want to do this. Don't don't want to continue with this uh, in terms of growing the business. We started a family. The two weren't necessarily related, but it kind of worked out well. And then when our daughter um, got to a certain uh, point, where you know she's more independent liz kind of came back and said look i really want to get back into property i really i really love property um i don't really like the business of it would you if i do the property will you run the business uh, and help me kind of professionalize it and grow it and i'd like to say it was like the fairy tale of answer of course i said oh yes of course i would absolutely loved, to love to but i I wasn't that into property. You know, I'd want, I looked around these houses and, you know, and, and I would just, yeah, it didn't really float my boat until um, I started going to property meetings and I got it and I, and, and I found a purpose to it. So the, the primary purpose behind it is um, property angels, the angels in property angels are Liz and my daughter Millie. And it's Aww. obviously, it's about, um, yeah, looking after them now and in the future, both whilst I'm here and then obviously when I'm not. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we and, and yeah, and so that since since I got involved in business, we've we've, we've scaled it. Um, you know, we've done all kinds of things. You know, we've 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 had the real journey of it. So Liz started mm-hmm. off with um, the students. She fell out of love with the students. <laughs> um, one of the as many uh, do. <laughs> well, the the thing that pushed her over the line with no more students was uh, they threw a beach party in one of our houses.
0: Ah, yes, Leeds, Um, the very well-known beach town.
1: Exactly. (laughs) They they deposited um, about three, four inches of builder's sand on on the entirety of the ground floor, planted palm trees, had what proved to be an epic party, and then left uh, it being the end of term. Happily, they they all had guarantors and their parents, whilst initially... In denial once they were sent a portfolio of photographs we got lots of checks and lots of apologies <laughs> and lots of promises that that's
0: uh, wonderful i wish that when i was a student that i was like that imaginative
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, for the sake of the landlords out there i hope there's no more imaginative students anyway so so she fell out of love with the students we repurposed the whole portfolio over the years to professionals, not without its challenges. You know we once had a house which um, somebody once took an entire house, which was relatively un- unusual um, and they decided to run it as a brothel, so we became right. brothel owners that
0: so, is a professional house
1: yeah, of a different kind <laughs> yeah so, we had, so that, that, was, uh, that was something to sort out and um, but now, other than a, a, a sort of a, a a sort of a pet project. Like a, social, a small social housing project that we run, not for profit. Uh, everything else is the young professionals, and everything is now room by room, all inclusive, you know, and mm-hmm. all the rest of it.
0: So, why did you decide to sort of focus completely on the professionals? You sort of talked about your negative experiences with the students, but why? Yeah. Um, and and who would you consider the the professional?
1: Okay. So um, the reason we moved exclusively over to professionals was largely because this thing of it makes sense to stick to what you know so liz was a chartered charter librarian and she was also a manager at a university dealing like very very often with the postgraduates. Uh, and i was obviously a lawyer in practice and then uh, a, a manager in a, uh, like a legal training business so it's that thing of you know stick to what you know like we know our clients really well you know i you know i i lived <clears throat> you know down In London and then later here in Yorkshire you know I lived in house shares for 10 years like a decade in house shares Mm. Liz Liz has done something very similar she was a bit smarter I have to say she actually owned the house that was (laughs) Uh, there I I wasn't quite that advanced uh, as is obvious but um, you know between us we spent a lot of time in house shares you know and being really honest about it they were awful some of them some of them Mm. were dreadful you know my that's not to say I didn't have a great time in them. Just to be clear, like I did, I really enjoyed living in house shares. But I, I you know, I wouldn't wish them upon anybody now. You know, I, they had mice, they had social problems around them, they had all kinds of problems. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think I'm—I was a less sophisticated consumer than our current client base is. And I was, yeah. you know, I was having a laugh with my friends. I was qualified. I was out a lot. You know. Um, yeah so we know a lot about our clients is what i'm saying we, you know we right. live their life yeah yeah
0: so um describe your ideal tenant then sort of what kind of job do they have you know what hours do they work
1: that's that's a good question and actually i didn't answer your previous oh question
0: it's okay about,
1: so i'll deal with that now as well which is so who are our clients so our clients are um obviously leads based they're Men and women between the ages of approximately 21 and approximately 35, there or Mm -hmm. thereabouts, um, very often they're new to Leeds. And that's part of the service which we offer is that we do almost like a little bit of a matchmaking service of when um, we rather than say rather than sort of approaching from the perspective of well, these are the rooms we've got to fill, we approach it from the perspective of what is it you, you need, like, you know, where do you work? What kind of things do you like? Um, and, and we try and prof- profile or find a good fit with, for the client. So we have certain houses in very, very kind of young affluent areas of Leeds where, uh, it tends to be the, the 20 somethings who, um, who like that? Them, you know, because of the social scene and all the rest of it. And then we've got houses in the more kind of, I suppose, grown-up areas of of, of Leeds, um, where it is a bit more sophisticated, and they they do have there is a different lifestyle. You know, there's perhaps more more expensive restaurants, more green yeah. spaces, and that kind of thing. So we try and uh, position our clients in the in the right places for them.
0: Okay, so that's interesting. So. Um, how does it normally work? Do they contact you and then um, do they have like an application process that they have to go through in order for you to then find the fit or do they sort of, or is it almost self-selecting?
1: Um, so we're pretty proactive in terms of when somebody uh, through the, is contacted through the portals, they get, get in touch with, with us. They'll have a call and um, the idea will be to really understand what they're looking for. But we, you know, we have in our portfolio. I mean, we we uh, grew a manage a, a property management business that that had at, at its peak 230 young professional tenants, and mm-hmm. we have a por- portfolio of um about 100 professional t- tenants ourselves. Our personal for- portfolio, so within that portfolio, there is there is almost every kind of professional house share you could find. We have got lovely little three beds, um very, very homely, on one of the most fashionable streets in Leeds, um, one bathroom, very much like, very much like a, uh, sort of, I suppose, shabby chic uh, mm-hmm. family home. That's one ex- one example. And then we've got, kind of in the middle ground, you've got what would be more of a traditional HMO, six bedrooms, um, uh, you know, what you'd expect to see, shared, uh, shared amenities and what have you. And then we've got the, f- the far extreme, which is kind of our, pro- our current product, which is all en-suites, all singing, all dancing, absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous places to, to live. Um, and we've got the, they've got the choice. They can just pick what works. And, and it's interesting, like, we've, we've been able to get everything to work, but equally in the marketplace, we've seen everything fail. Mm -hmm. you know so you know in most of the HMOs that we've done or about half the HMOs we've done are failed HMOs you know Leeds is awash with failed HMOs Leeds is awash with empty rooms and Mm. they're not unattractive rooms it's just you have to get the whole process right in order for it to work
0: Mm. so how have you done that then if um if you're kind of competing with all these empty rooms that are potentially cheaper than yours um yeah how are you competing how are you yeah. not failing well,
1: well, well, yeah and we definitely are competing so that's the first the first thing to be really clear on is that um and i don't want to make it too specific to Leeds, but but it's naive to think that the um the hmo model the house share model uh is not certainly at a point of maturity and in many markets saturation and i know some people don't like the word saturation some people even kind of uh object to its existence i think it's just a personal view but the market we operate in is mature it it, it has elements of saturation to it it has some very very sophisticated operators in it uh whose work you know we admire and you know and um there's value to competition because it makes everybody raise their game how do we make a success of it i think experience is a really big part of it you know as i say liz you know has started doing these in 2000 and you know you know without wanting to uh, you know there weren't loads of courses basically Mm -hmm. you know she had to kind of work it out for herself um, and um and yeah so we've been around the track you know we've we've yeah, we've had the beach parties, we've had we've we've had the we've had the brothel, we've had, you know, unfortunately, you know, we have had several people over the years die in, die in our HMOs, you know, it's, it's part of
0: Goodness me. Yeah, when you've
1: got <laughs> when you've got a big portfolio and you've you've had it for a long time, um, that is a fact of life.
0: Mm, um or death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, actually that kind of leads on to one of my questions I've got written here is like what's been the most challenging um part of your of, of your property life so far um, but it sounds like that <laughs> you can pick any
1: <laughs> yeah um, okay I'll tell, I tell you the thing that's most close to my heart and I'll be really honest with you okay. uh, is I think that um, we service you know our young professional clients because they are the market that we know mm-hmm. and um, I think one of the things that is perhaps overlooked are the challenges that that they face? You know, they, it, it isn't a client base who whose life is perfect, and they are well educated, uh, reasonably affluent, uh, in otherwise in good health. Um, but you know, they're human beings, and they they face real, real challenges. And one of the the United Nations has has, has these um, big sustainable goals that is interested in in business aligning themselves with ours is number three, which is about well being. Yeah. So our business is all we create, um, you know, um, boutique property for busy professionals, and the underlying theme is that it contributes towards their well being. And there's a lots of ways we can we do that. And we'll talk about that a lot of time, but well being is really really important. You know, some of the tenant that the, the clients that we have you know they will face really really significant challenges in my former life um I, I i used to look after barristers used to train train them and one of my former clients you know achieved the, the goal you know he, he got this amazing job he got an amazing job in london he would have been on a really good salary everything in the world looked like it was going well for him and very sadly you know a couple of years down the line he, he took his own life and I was really shocked by it, like shocked to the core, core about to it. And, you know, it really was a bit of a wake up and he was obviously in a unique set of circumstances. But I think the point I'm trying to get across is that whilst uh, most of our young professional clients, life is going really well for them. We also have to acknowledge that they are, are human beings like all of us
0: yeah. and
1: we need to um be mindful of their their mental health and the consequences of mental health it's again you know it's, it's naive to think that these issues don't affect everybody in society so st- statistically speaking through any person's um journey through life they will encounter a mental health challenge um and how they respond to it is a lot to do with their environment and how they're supported and our sort of mission is, 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 is to just have that awareness, that sensitivity, so that, you know, we can be part of the solution. And how, how we are, how that's implemented, if you like, is Liz is a um, qualified mental health first aider. So it's um, part of the core of our business is that people's well-being and that includes everybody that includes our contractors the people who work in the property management company anybody who comes into contact with liz and i one of the priorities that we have is that we are sensitive and uh, we show some awareness to their well-being
0: mm-hmm. that's really important actually and i think you're yeah, the first person that i've met who um sort of offers that so how how do you do that is there sort of a a service that you point them uh, down towards or um is it in the facilities that you sort of the environment that you create in yeah. the house
1: yeah so so if we look at, at a macro level so we look at from a big picture point of view it's it's what is the core it's in the like core value of our business which is, is people's well-being mm-hmm. so in every interaction the business has with whoever it is uh it, it anchored in there as one of our key values is you know is is what we're doing here contributing to 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 welfare yes of course we're in business to make money you know it's 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 our livelihood but it goes to the root of what we do and then in terms of um more of a sort of a micro level um we do think about it very very consciously when we're creating these spaces so we have to obviously work with the properties that we've got but we look at you know, so communal space is a really important feature. Um, we don't carve up the rooms into tiny, tiny spaces. I mean, to give you an idea, the last project that we've just finished, um, you know, the rooms there are twice the legal requirement for a double room in Leeds. So they're, they're in excess of 20 meters squared. Ooh, and there that's big. Been, yeah, there would have been every opportunity to, to start really moving walls and, and making, rather than 12 beds, make more like 20. And obviously the revenue would have been significantly different if we'd done that but we made a very conscious decision at the beginning of the project you know um you know is this you know are we doing the right thing secretly we have this this new benchmark which we've which we've decided on which is would we let our daughter live here which is a that, pretty
0: high that's benchmark. what my parents started doing when i was looking for student houses you know my mother will go in and she'd go Mm. <laughs> and yeah. it, so if, if anything passes the mom test then exactly. uh, it's it's got this tick of approval
1: <laughs> so that so that's that's the tip. i like that the mom test so that's <laughs> yeah. that, that's now our benchmark is you know would we let our own daughter live here and i and i know that that will, won't be well received in all parts of the property community they'll say paul you're absolutely insane we're here to make money um you can't possibly have that as your be- benchmark that that is going to be that is our benchmark mm. going forward now
0: no i think that's uh, that's that's incredible so um what would you say um are your criteria for a house that when when you're going out to uh, acquire a new one what's the criteria that you look for
1: um space so the key thing now is is for us is is, is we need to have um a big big footprint to work with mm-hmm. um we um yeah, so with the example with our late, latest project, you know, we had some property friends come and view it and one of them just said, look, Paul, there's, there's absolutely nothing you could do wrong with this property because it is so vast, you know, you, you pretty much guaranteed to make a success of it. So large footprint is good. Obviously, a sustainable area is important. Um, and then, yeah, just get the team to work on it, really. Create mm-hmm. the magic, hopefully.
0: And at what point do you decide whether it's going to be sort of one of the um, the smaller three-bedroom ones or one of the larger sort of big boutique ones with en suites? Is it um, uh, as soon as you walk in, or is it once you start ripping things apart? Or
1: yeah, so I think where we're at in the business is that we, we this we've actually slowed down our acquisition process. And uh, we 've just been focusing primarily on this one project, and we 've been trying lots of new things in this project in order to find the sort of next our next product. We have found that next product okay. uh, um, we 're looking to like continually improve improve it, but they are they tend to be larger projects, they tend to be all on um, and they tend to have um, good communal spaces, and then a few like clever little trade secrets in there as well uh to make them <laughs> very special places to live
0: <laughs> which you're not going to share <laughs> i
1: couldn't possibly <laughs>
0: that's all right um so <clears throat> excuse me in terms of decor yeah um you know we see a lot of these ones on facebook where they're, they're very um they're very boutique you know yeah, yeah. bespoke furniture and like yeah. plants and whatever so mm. what kind of um vibe do you go for
1: yeah, that's really good. So we we've tried all kinds of things in the past. So we started, you know, obviously back in two thousand when Liz started, they were um, what w- were called the Magnolia hand grenades. You know, Ugh. you know,
0: <laughs> my boyfriend still lives in this Magnolia box. I hate it.
1: Well, you know, um, there there are there is a market for those things. I have to say. I mean, that's one of the things I would say is is to to offer a balanced view. I don't actually think young professionals are the holy grail. You know, I don't think everybody should run into doing... I'm
0: offended. Uh, got,
1: no, I, I think there are, there, are different, there are different markets. And as will no doubt be covered by the, the other people that you're talking about, mm-hmm. there are some people running amazing businesses, making, you know, a very, very good living from dealing with a whole different range of clients. And I think that's one of the challenges that new people into the industry, they see the pretty houses, they hear about young professionals and they think that that is the route to go down. Mm -hmm. Whereas I know there are people operating not a million miles from where we are who are making an incredible fortune with a very different um, type of clientele. So it's, it's about looking at, well, one, knowing what you want to do in life, like what is it you want to do in property, getting really clear on that. That's half the challenge I'd say for most people is they're not clear about their property purpose. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then locating your area and then locating who your client's going to be. And you might discover that, you know, the kind of clients we have don't work in your area, or you can find a lovely little niche uh, that's very, very lucrative. I mean, one of my mentees he creates really beautiful, stunning looking um, house shares and he operates in a very, very defined area to a very, very defined niche client base. Mm-hmm. And he is absolutely smashing it. And so that, you know, when I'm working with mentoring clients, that's what I say is find your niche. And it's not necessarily what everybody else is doing. And then when you find it, don't tell anybody what you do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So do you tend to keep your rooms like kind of quite bland for... Um, oh God, no. No? Uh, no, no, no.
1: <laughs> uh, So we've, um, yeah, we've, we've got a good level of interior design. Really, okay. really nice. And so, we've, you know, we've got very funky houses, you know, with the gray walls, the bright greens, uh, those purple, you know, le- Leeds is covered in purple now. Um, and, um, you know, we've got some very highly stylized, colorful uh, properties. Um, We've also got some more kind of mature um, styling. Um, Mm -hmm. The kind of feel of current projects is all around, you know, we want our clients to know and feel like they've made it. Um, That's the vibe is that they've made it in life and, uh, you know, they're being supported and they can focus on, you know, their careers, their relationships, their lives. They don't need to worry about, you know, they live in a lovely warm safe secure environment in which they'll be taken care of. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And what would you say that uh, what kind of base level furniture um, do you provide for your tenants?
1: Okay so pretty much everything everybody has the same the same thing so um, they um, everybody gets double bed there'd have to be a good reason why they didn't get a a double you know we try try not to use three-quarter beds there's certain houses we've had to use them in just because of the way the layout works. Um, we tend to use more divans um, mm-hmm. with the headboards and um, we tend to, if we can, get them with additional storage in the bases because you'd be amazed how much stuff we all have nowadays. I know. Um, <laughs> and then it's just, you know, uh, the, the usual, the full furniture packs that we get from the likes of the Fusion. Mm-hmm. And what have you.
0: Okay, so do you um, lease your furniture or do you you buy
1: it we don't so we we buy it outright that's not to say we won't lease it in the future it's just uh it's made sense for us to take the hit at the start of the project yeah
0: and um kitchen wise does ever you know have you got all the cutlery and the pots and pans or do people bring in their own
1: (laughs) so we we have a starter pack Um, which every house starts with. So it's basically the fundamentals that a house needs to get itself running. Mm -hmm. very clear when they're on arrival they have a check-in process and that check-in process it's explained Look, there should be everything you need to get you going but just so you know you know from this point onwards um, you know if there's any extra stuff you need really you sort it out and that obviously works very very well. I'm no longer in charge of procuring things. And I have to say the last the last um uh, peeler that we purchased, I have to say I was absolutely astounded by. So the the, the purchasing process has been outsourced now to an amazing virtual PA, um, called Jenny, and and she uh yeah has she just buys extraordinary things she's got a really good eye for things Mm -hmm. so even though you know she's set set a budget she gets some really stylish things like much more stylish than i would be able to do you know um yeah so they get they get set up reasonably well
0: okay cool and from from purchase to fully let how long does that usually take
1: from purchase to fully let that really that's, that's a difficult one to answer okay. because uh, it depends on the method of purchase. So for mm-hmm. example, you know, have we purchased in the auction in which case obviously very quick and um, does it have planning? Uh, we, you know, we, we take on planning challenges. We're quite happy to now. I've got some good experience of that. Some good, well, hundred percent success. I don't want to tempt fate, but mm-hmm. successful planning. So from purchase to completion, it's, it, it's difficult because everyone is different. What I can say is from sign-off, from compliance sign-off of the project to being filled, normally it, it would be, I budget for eight, uh, for eight weeks to fill them and okay. we, it, it's unusual to not fill them within two weeks. Okay. Some of them we've filled, you know, in a week uh, mm. and, we, and we don't take pre-orders. So we don't, we don't allow viewings and we don't allow people to apply until... The, um, the everything has been um, like a full compliance check. So a lot of our competitors, they will have people moving in on the day the project is finished, and I, that makes a lot of sense from a commercial point of view. We don't. We used to do that. We now don't do that. So we will only advertise once the house is completely signed off, and that means every shower has been tested, every fire door has been tested, every window has been tested, um, and then yeah, we go absolutely. We have to throw mm. everything at it, and Why,
0: oh, sorry. Why did you decide to do that change to not um, sort of pre-market?
1: Um, because it's, for, I suppose, uh, as a former lawyer, I see a lot of risk in things, mm-hmm. and nothing in life is guaranteed. And, and, and just from a, I suppose, it's just drilled into me in the training. Is I like to see that everything is perfect. You've got a full suite of the compliance documents. Everything has been checked. Uh, before we allow you know another human being into the building because mm-hmm. you know, we are responsible you know in a very, like a very serious level you know, we <laughs> are responsible for their welfare and there's no doubt yeah. about that so no one comes in no, it doesn't even get advertised until we're ready to rock and roll and then we get on with the job very very quickly
0: mm-hmm. um you mentioned planning uh just yeah. a minute ago um what's the article 4 situation
1: like in leeds <laughs> in- in- incredibly challenging Mm-hmm. Leeds, planning in leeds uh, is incredibly challenging no doubt about it not mm-hmm. for the faint-hearted no. so, the, so the vast majority of leeds is covered by the article 4 direction that removes our permitted development rights so we can't change family homes into our house shares there are outside areas outside of article 4 that investors are developing a niche in the the challenge in those areas is is will those areas then become saturated is there enough do people want to live there in the long term so it's about Mm. building a sustainable business it's reason if you create a really fantastic house it's reasonably easy if you've got a good team of people who know what they're doing to fill it that first time. The challenge lies like two or three years down the line um so it was all about sustainability. So Article 4 most of leagues very strictly applied to the extent that um i've been in a planning committee meeting when i was um effectively advocating for our project um and listening to other projects and you know um a councillor observing that they will never approve another hmo in leeds in a certain locality which is where we operate Mm -hmm. so um yeah definitely not without its challenges yeah and and taking planning risk is a very significant risk in Leeds. A very significant risk, mm. and and it's one that sometimes people they identify with identify. So you know, there's lots of um, existing HMOs in Leeds which are, um, which are, are are illegal HMOs. You know, and and people purchase them, only to discover later that um, the planning isn't quite what people said it said it was. You know, sometimes vendors can be a bit clever about the way that they present things. So. It's a definite risk in Leeds, not for the faint-hearted, um, but obviously, yeah, if you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I just had—I just thought of another question then about that, but I do not remember what it was.
1: It, it might come back to you.
0: It it pro- hopefully. Um, so, oh yes, do you buy um, subject to planning uh, to sort of mitigate that risk, or do you kind of buy it outright and cross your fingers and hope for the best?
1: uh we take what i would call a considered planning risk so um it has proved very very difficult um to get off get us across the line which is subject to planning so we take a considered planning risk after doing a lot of due due diligence and it means that we have walked away from a number of projects you know Mm -hmm. um uh but you just kind of manage your own risk haven't you You Mm -hmm. decide what your, your appetite for risk is and uh like work according to it i guess
0: okay and um so let's sort of talk about the business side of things now who manages it is it you and your wife still managing it or do you have somebody else to do that for you now
1: so we so the, the the structure of the property angels business is um divided into two halves so liz and i um as much as we adore each other um, we have discovered in those early days challenges of like being a husband and wife team and it and it it, it's like very real there's no doubt about it you know like now is great Mm -hmm. Um, you know those early two those first couple of years were very (laughs) challenging and it was because there was too much duplication between between what we did and we're very very different people so um, Liz is very measured she can work for long periods of time at a steady pace Um, she's a good you know really really good team manager Um, but she doesn't like to be rushed and she she likes to do things at her her own pace I tend to move uh, a bit too fast you know talk too fast move too fast Um, and so we have to be quite careful about the way that we work together. So what, what, so I'm, I'm responsible for kind of leading the business. So I'm in charge of like creating the business plan. Um, I, I do most of the lia- liaison with our private investors, which is the the best, like for me, it's the best bit of the job. I enjoy that. That's what I would, if I could do anything all day long, all I would do is liaise with our in- investors um, <laughs> because it's the thing that I enjoy most, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I do like the acquisition side, side of it. Um, and that's what I'm primarily responsible for. So strategy of the business, clear direction, raising finance source and, and sourcing projects. Projects tend nowadays to come to us and we put them obviously put them through a process. Liz is has responsibility for um, the project, sort of the property management side of the business. So she has excellent attention to detail. You know, she was a former librarian, so she's really good at detail she's very very good at, 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 at projects so that's her responsibility and she is primarily responsible for um, effectively managing the property management team or the property mm-hmm. management business um, that looks after the properties for us.
0: Okay um, and have you outsourced anything or is everything sort of mostly done in-house?
1: No no, no virtually everything is outsourced you know there's oh. yeah Liz- <laughs> do um, as little as possible. no, no Liz, Liz and I um outsource the you know as much as can be sensibly done um so we have a property property management company that that, that deals with that we basically if you can kind of picture in your mind there's Liz and I in the epicenter of this circle and then mm-hmm. we have a, a team of um largely free freelance people who provide different parts of the service for us um, yeah, it's, it definitely works for us. There's, there's different, um, there's different breeds, different kinds of property investors. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you have like people like Roger Hamilton talk about the foundation level, the enterprise, the enterprise level, and then the alchemy level. And you, and, and, you know, some people talk about, you know, being a, a, a the landlord level, the investor level, and the entrepreneur level, I think about it in terms of, um, do you want to be Tim Ferriss, who wrote the the famous book for for our week, or do you want to be like Elon Musk and have an empire? Mm -hmm. Liz and I are really, really clear. We are lifestyle entrepreneurs, like absolutely down to the core. So the only reason we're in business is um, to have a happy, healthy, balanced life with our family. and and and, you know well-being is so important to that which why it feeds through to the business so we're definitely in that tim Ferriss space of using um uh lifestyle business using a brilliant team around us who are more skilled than us uh i describe myself as the weakest link in the business which is what you should always be you know you should always be surrounded by people Uh, we are not empire builders yeah
0: okay cool and um oh i had another question oh it's gone um, okay, so, sort of talking about uh, leads in general, uh, what would you say that the demand for rooms are? Would you say it's pretty high?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really good. So, the the like, leads as a marketplace has, like, really good levels of demand. It also has really good levels of supply as well. Yeah. Um, and it's fair to say there are more rooms than there are people looking for those rooms. Um, but it's 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 going back to that thing of you know stick with what you know like we we only invest in leads you know we know street by street what works um it what it certainly works for us so yeah it's, it's a mature market but um yeah we're happy to be in it
0: mm-hmm. yeah. would you say that since you started out um sort of doing this side of the business i suppose yeah. Um, that the professional market has changed at all over the years?
1: Yeah, so there has been a lot of repurposing of student stock over to the professional market. So there's been a big increase in supply. There's been a really big increase in quality, which is, you know, you've got to embrace it. You've got to welcome it because it's raising Mm -hmm. standards for everybody. So we've seen a really significant in, increase in, in, in quality, which has got to be a good thing you know, um, when you think about it from the, the larger level. Yeah, more entrance to the marketplace. Um, certainly elements of price competition in certain, certain sectors. That we don't personally play that game because we think it's the race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. But we, don't, we don't compete on price. We fairly price our rooms. We provide an outstanding, remarkable service. Uh, and then it's for the client to decide if that's what they want. Um, mm-hmm. We don't like. We don't. Uh, it's not. The, we're not going to play the game with the rest of the bottom, basically.
0: So, how? What would you say the range of your room rents
1: per month is? Um, so they start at about three nine five, and they go up to about six fifty.
0: Mm, that's quite a range. Is that um, including bills? Is that
1: all inclusive? That's all inclusive. So the whole. <laughs> thinking behind it is well what's the next best alternative and what what is the need that we're meeting so the next best best alternative in Leeds is people getting a living on their own and getting a a a one bed flat Mm -hmm. Um, I have lots of opinions about that Um, in terms of is that is that right for everybody like you're new to a city you know and you are you are arriving in a in a unless you're like uber 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 confident you are arriving if truth be told in a reasonably vulnerable situation mm-hmm. you know uh, is the right thing to do to, to move into a flat on your own you're probably starting a new job that would be quite stressful so um for some people the answer is yes like if you're very very introverted and the idea of being a house share then for god's sake don't go into a house share but um so what's the next best alternative It's a flat in flat in leeds uh the starting point will be let's say 400 pounds which is broadly the equivalent of our cheapest room but then you've got council tax you've got all your energy you've got to pay for your broadband if you choose to have the broadband put in um, we think that then you're probably in the region of about 800 pounds like seven eight hundred pounds really is that you're all in <coughs> self you know the, you're all in cost moving for, forward and that's a real dent. Whereas you compare it, if someone gets a room for sort of £400, everything's included. Um, that is a really, really significant difference. And
0: okay. interestingly,
1: like speaking to people in the council, they don't, it, you can really hear the penny drop when, when you explain that to them. Because a lot of people have a very, mixed views about house shares because of the, either the experience they've had or the experience they've had of one next door to them, which is understandable. You know, if they're not well run, if there is an absent landlord, if there is not a great agent, you know, the neighbors may not have a, a good experience. Like good property management is very, very challenging. But when you explain to them, look, this is what the next best alternative is. We're offering something that could be half the price that they're paying, um, they they begin begin to get it. As I say, there's a huge range. So sort of at the sort of 400 pound mark, you're probably looking at, you know, anywhere between four and six beds, shared bathrooms. Some of them really attract uh, Monday to Friday contractors. So we have houses in certain locations that, that look after um, people who are on contracts, whether that's accountants or software engineers, um, that works for them, right to the other end of the scale where, you know, they want to live like in real opulence you know, they're trainee solicitors, they've got a decent disposable salary. And what's really important to them is is, is that feeling of that they've made it, they want something really palatial and mm-hmm. they're not, um, price is not the, the objective for them. You know, they're, they're looking for something that's really special. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they are, you know, our clients are generation rent, but not in this negative context that sometimes you might come across from um, you know a baby boomer perspective, where you know culturally owning your own home is the most important thing in the world, you know our clients. We we talk to our clients. We, we yeah. understand what they want. They live in a different world. You know they 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 do not want to change a light bulb. You know they don't want. They see where they live as a um, as much as a liability as they do an asset. You know they they our clients want genuine hands-free living. They don't want to deal with it, with any aspects of ownership of a property. You know, they all have Spotify. They all travel by Uber. Virtually none of them have cars. But this is the world they live in. And, and um, you know, we are there to accommodate, accommodate them. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I remember my question from before. If yeah. something goes wrong in the middle of the night or ever, you know, the shower stops working or somebody locks himself out. So yeah. what's their system? For
1: that yeah so we have a 20 so they, we have 24 hour cover so they phone they phone the number and um, if it's during office hours you they'll obviously get through to um, the, the property management team if it's outside of office hours they'll get the out of office service uh, and they have systems in place to address any challenge that it might be now they're like they're pretty smart so where they can, they'll try and resolve the situation over the phone. So a classic example is, uh, I've come in, none of the lights are on, you know, what do I do? Uh, and if it's safe for them to do so, they might be invited to check the fuse box and just flip, you know, flip the switch if that's the, the answer. Um, and they deal with, we have a whole system around lockouts as well and all, all the rest of it. So 24 hours a day, they, they, they are looked after.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. And just I got one more question on my list, which is um, occupancy and voids.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh,
0: the so, dreaded V word. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it's it, it, like it's not so dreaded um, from the perspective of like it. We just have to be on it. You know, we have mm-hmm. to be on it like three hundred and sixty-five days a year. Um, we have to be mindful of the seasonality. So there, there, the, there is a seasonal pattern to it. So, for example. You don't really want to be bringing on a lot of rooms in the winter if you can help it. Um, spring and summer are by far are far the best. We run at like our minimum standard is 95 percent occupancy, and we consistently run about that. Run on run at or above that. Very ninety eight seems to be our sweet spot where we seem to that seems to be where we reside most most of the time. Yeah. Accompanied to that, we have very very low arrears, so we have very um, like we have less than one percent uh, arrears in terms of non-payment from or delayed payments from our clients, so that really helps as well. So having really high occupancy and really have uh, um, really low arrears is kind of the holy grail. Mm. And there's a lot that goes into that. There's a you know it's kind yeah. Of, yeah.
0: How um, how long would you say that uh, most of your tenants stay for?
1: That is a great question, and it really varies. So um, let me give you two extremes. So we've got a a six bedroom house in like the cool area for young professionals to to live. Um, It's six bedrooms, got two bathrooms. You know, it's not this big all singing, all all dancing on sweet thing, but it's in a very cool area and and they come for the lifestyle. So because of that, they don't stay. So that's our highest turnover house that we have. Um, And... um, You know, anywhere between, I would say, six and 12 months, maybe 18 months is about right for that kind of house. So we're we're pretty much constantly looking after that house. Throw that to the, the other absolutely far extreme. You know, we've got a house where we have four doctors and they never move. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, they, I'll, I'll tell you they—they they actually are. I'll tell you why in a minute, which is which is the main problem we face, which I'll tell you about in a second. But this house is amazing. it's Like they're all doctors, and um, when mo- one moves out, before they move out, their mate moves in. And this house, we literally haven't done a viewing on for as long as we've had it running as a house share. It's a gorgeous house. It's—it's it's really. Um, I think if another investor looked at it they would they would say that we've underdeveloped it you know it's got loads of communal space um and um yeah so to give you that contrast you've got early 20s very fashionable area reasonably high turnover six 12 maybe 18 months at most and then you've got the absolute other extreme you know very kind of gorgeous but but very kind of traditional house where they've been in there for absolutely years until today when um we've got, <laughs> oh, no. yeah we've got uh, i've only literally just been found out uh, so two of them have, have given notice and that's really unusual usual, so it pops i get i get the notification mm-hmm. it's notice, so it pops up and i was just with um liz literally a couple minutes ago and I said, oh what's going on with that you know we never get notice given and she said oh it's, it's it's the same old story and i said oh what they've fallen in love yes they've fallen in love and this is what oh. happened and this this is the big challenge that we face is um they fall in love yeah so it, it happens really frequently so if if we ever get two notices at the same time you can pretty much guarantee that's the reason and we do ask because we ask for feedback mm. yeah so the, 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 these this couple of uh yeah fall madly in love with each other and now they want their own place and oh that's
0: really. sweet though that you're kind of like little matchmaking service as well
1: <laughs> they oh, are it's a it's a good problem to have it's a good problem to have you know
0: yeah um okay well uh thank you for oh uh one last one how many houses do you have if you don't mind me
1: <laughs> how many houses we have
0: yeah <laughs> so you said a hundred rooms i'm just sort of yeah wondering, uh, like, uh... that's the we uh, i'm not uh,
1: it's gonna be embarrassing so i don't know how many houses we have <laughs> i only work by by tenants now okay so we have a hundred tenants and okay. they are across um Small HMOs, medium-sized HMOs and large HMOs. We also have um, a couple of um, uh, flats, flats in there as well. And we've got one sort of social housing project mm-hmm. tenant, completely not for profit. We're just looking after him. He's been with us for, you know, uh, he's been with us for absolute lifetime. And, um, you yeah, know, we're just sticking with him.
0: Okay, fabulous. Well, thank you for um, giving up your Tuesday lunchtime to it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, chat with me and to um, sort of talk about your professional HMO life and business. Um, yeah, thank you very much. On behalf of all um, readers and listeners of this podcast, thank you.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure. And if, um, if anyone gets, wants to get in oh, touch... Oh,
0: yes, of course. I welcome. always forget that bit if anybody
1: wants to get in touch (laughs) how best to do it so uh so um ways to get in touch are well there's lots of different so i have various different activities that i do so if you were in or around leeds one of the best things you could do is come to my leeds property breakfast Mm -hmm. if you just google leeds property breakfast or you come to my facebook page um which is just paul Lanfear. Um, sign up to my breakfast, warning in advance, it is oversubscribed months and months in advance. So, you know, you'd be looking at, yeah, well, well you'd be looking like maybe three, four months ahead. So, come to my breakfast, uh, is a not-for-profit profit activity, it's just a really, really good uh, networking breakfast that I, I organise in Leeds. Um, other ways to get in touch is come and find me on Facebook, come and find me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram twitter but particularly linkedin and facebook i'm easy to find so you know i've got a reasonably unusual name paul lanfear branding's blue be about to find me i'm also on youtube um so i've documented our latest project on on youtube um just put it into youtube put paul lanfear if you arrive to a man playing a piano it is the wrong paul lanfear i am not <laughs> that,
0: <piano>. not you <laughs> I
1: Not you secret want. talents? <laughs> no, I, you'd be surprised. I have so few secret talents. Uh, I have so few obvious talents as well. Um, but um, if you look for the property guy, that will be me. Um, I do do consultancy. So I do do um, one of the things I really enjoy doing is doing these kind of strategy discovery days. So I do them either with a very small, small group or one to one if people want that one to one service of helping people kind of find their property purpose you know Mm -hmm. like what is it really all about what do i really want to be doing what do i where do i really want to be going um because my sense in the property industry is that there's a lot of people who who don't know so i love doing those that's that's something Um, yeah get in touch with me um facebook linkedin my email is um paul paul at propertyangels.uk.com great
0: thank you very much and it's uh, been again. a pleasure talking to you no
1: thank you very much really enjoyed it thanks for listening don't forget you can go to yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash stuff you can download the article that we create from the podcast so you can see all of the case study pictures all the uh, financials um, and a bit more information uh, in there as well and there's loads of other useful things to download uh, on that web page as well
0: and don't forget to rate comment and subscribe to our podcast Thank you.